This installment of the AX Insider podcast features a conversation with two employees of the Kansas City Aviation Department, Justin Meyer, Deputy Director of Aviation overseeing marketing and air service development, and David Long, Deputy Director of Aviation overseeing properties and commercial development. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the AX Insider podcast, the first of 2021. My name is Andy Telejohn. I'm the senior writer at Airport Experience News, and I don't think I'm alone in hoping that this year gives us a little bit better news to talk about than 2020. Uh, the city of Kansas City, in tandem with Edgemore Infrastructure and Real Estate, broke ground in April 2019 on a long-awaited, long-needed new terminal. The 1 million square foot terminal is the city's largest single infrastructure project in the city's history. Upon completion in early 2023, it will replace three aging terminals where currently concessions are a little hard to find and connecting passengers trip over the feet, uh, the feet of those waiting for other flights. Uh, that's an airport that opened in 1972. Uh, there's a lot of talk over the years of all of the infrastructure that this country needs uh, to update in the uh, aviation area. Uh, Kansas City is certainly one of those airports that has long needed uh, Need the upgrade. Today we're getting an update on the status of this project from Justin Meyer, Deputy Director of Aviation Overseeing Marketing and Air Service Development, and David Long, Deputy Director of Aviation Overseeing Properties and Commercial Development. Hello, gentlemen. Thank you for taking some time in between the holidays today. Thanks, Andy. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. And uh, good, good morning, Andy. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing just fine. Thank you. And uh, one of us, uh, at least one of us, didn't have to shovel snow today. I, uh, uh, I'm, I'm not going to deny uh, uh, being jealous of one of the Kansas City folks and where they got to spend the holidays, but that's, just, that's neither here nor there. Uh, guys, could you uh, give me an update? Uh, give, I gave a brief background on, uh, on the project that you're going through right now. Can uh, uh, Justin, why don't you give me an update on where the project is at uh, just overall right now? Thanks, Andy. We're really making great progress. Uh, broke ground in mid-2019. Uh, we actually started coming out of the ground with steel um, near the middle of this year. Uh, and it's incredible to look at now. We're almost complete with steel erection. And uh, the project has its skeleton and is visible to, to everybody that's uh, either passing by in the air or driving past the, the new facility. You noted that the three old terminals, uh, we demolished Terminal A and this project is going where Terminal A used to be. So really no impact to current flight operations in Terminals B and C where we've consolidated all of our airline operations. Um, but the project is, uh, is, is going really well on time for a March 2023 opening and on budget, which is a $1.5 billion project. Okay. Uh, Dave, anything you want to add to that? Uh, it's a design build contract in which uh, it's really interesting because, as Justin said, you got steel and things coming on the ground, but we haven't picked the carpet colors yet. You know what I mean? So uh, it's interesting the way that it's progressing along that we have to make decisions when decisions need to be made and um, and move forward from there. The project is really broken down into like 15 smaller buildings. So progress on building number 15 is a lot less further along than progress on, say, building one and such. So it's a neat concept and a neat way to actually uh, build the project in order to have all the trades always working all at the same time. It's, it's, it's really neat to see. So after all these years, we're really going to have a new airport in Kansas City in a couple of years. 
a new terminal at the airport, Andy. You're yeah, uh, uh, fair fair correction there. I I sometimes get a little uh, loose on the on the specifics, but uh, nonetheless, yeah, you're you're getting that new building that we've been talking about for years. Yes, sir. And, and don't forget don't forget about that parking garage either. It's a sixty four hundred square foot, six seven story facility. You know, it's it's uh, it's much needed uh, parking enhancement at KCI. Okay. And to, to add on to that, Andy, one of our biggest customer service complaints has been the parking in B garage, which is where most of our airline capacity is, has typically been full nearly 50 weeks every year, Monday through Thursday. So it's been a really negative customer service delivery uh, for those business travelers or even people looking to pick up arriving guests who want to park close to the terminal. Um, so we'll certainly resolve that with the new terminal and the new parking garages Dave mentioned, along with many other amenities that will be improved. Okay, so so unlike a lot of airports out there that are kind of wondering whether parking is a good investment right now, that's uh, you really have a, an obvious uh, an obvious need for that. Then. Yes, this is uh, we we it, one of the biggest uh, areas of really focus, other than the terminal, was making sure that the parking garage was correct. How would TNCs, for example, impact not only current use of the garage? but also future use of the garage. And we did a multitude of studies, looked at um, uh, along with our airline partners and all of this and settled on about 7,500 spaces were needed uh, in the 2030 timeframe in order to get a, uh, of the garage uh, correct and the amount of uh, spaces uh, needed uh, in that particular timeframe. Okay. So, um... COVID has uh, had an impact on everybody in the aviation industry right now. What kind of an impact has this had on the, uh, on the, on the project that you guys are working on, Build KCI? Uh, have you been able to speed it up? Has it slowed things down at all? Uh, what, uh, what, if any, impact has COVID played with your project? We've had very little impact, Andy. Um, the, the project, like, as I mentioned, kind of being on an island unimpacted by current operations of those two terminals, the two older terminals, has really allowed the project to just continue on on its own pace. So uh, no real opportunities to accelerate um, and no, no necessary slowdowns uh, either. Uh, we're really proud of the work of the developer uh, and all the steps taken to protect the workers on site, uh, changing some of the protocols and enhancing safety for the workers to keep uh, not only the project moving forward, but to keep everyone participating in the project as safe as possible. Okay, sounds great. Uh, Justin Meyer and Dave Long from the City of Kansas City Aviation Department joining today. Uh, one of the time pegs for us uh, talking uh, right away here at the beginning of the new year is You've hit uh, one milestone or are in the process of hitting a milestone with uh, uh, your concessions RFP coming up soon. And I know that there has been some impact on how that would normally have played out. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, not only the, uh, the RFP and what the program might look like, but the uh, sort of innovative way you've come up with for doing some meeting and greeting and, uh, and networking about the RFP uh, and that's all coming up here in uh, early January. Uh, sure. Uh, I'll start off with this, uh, Andy. Um, you know, one of the things that we really looked at, and I'm not an artsy kind of guy, and uh, but uh, I know how to hire people that are. 
but it is one of those things where the concessions program, you know, the building is going to be beautiful. It's going to have the amenities in it as far as the seat capacity and restrooms and things like that. But for me, what makes a building a building, what differentiates that building is really the, the customer experience or that sense of place. What's lacking in our current facility to the to the zero part of the scale, and we're trying to get to the 10 side of the scale, is that sense of place, that sense of, of I'm in Kansas City, that regional idea and that regional sense is something that we've always really wanted to, to get to, to really change the needle from where we were to where we wanted to be for the next 50-year terminal associated with that. And we really wanted a, uh, where I think, and this is Dave Long talking as far as where I think certain airports tend to focus on the business um, side of things. In other words, they, they pick a, a master concessionaire concept or a developer concept or anything in between. And where I think where airports get a little sideways is why, why do that? Why, why limit? your your business opportunities when the customer doesn't really care what is that um, that end result as far as whether or not you're a master concession or developer. So our RFP um, really focuses on the customer and less on what business model the the uh, the end concessionaire really will be utilizing. And that's one major difference along the way. So we're not excluding um, one business model from being able to participate over another uh, particular business model. Interesting. So you could end up with one uh, company overseeing the whole thing, or you could end up with uh, a bunch of single operators with uh, great concepts that, uh, that you think really hit the mark. That's exactly right. However, those single operators will all report to a single, we're calling it an offerer or concessionaire, and that offerer or concessionaire will have that single contract with the airport. So we are combining both news and gift or retail with, um, uh, with um, uh, food and beverage. And the reason why we're doing that is we all look at concessions programs, and let's face it, concessions programs are pretty locked in for a say, a 10-year period. Um, and we're looking at this as like a, a new house. Uh, everybody, uh, at least that I, I built two new houses, and I always wish I would have put a light switch over here, or I wish I would have done this over here. And why a lot of airports have to wait 10 years of decisions that they've made, you know, 10 years previously uh, to, to, um, to, to uh, upgrade or be able to do something a little different. So by consolidating the program, we think that, uh, hey, this location, for example, is a great place for retail. Um, but the folks that do this every day may think that may be a better location for a sit-down restaurant. Well, why, why not empower the concessionaire to provide what the end customer requires and needs at any given time? And why do we have to wait, you know, nine years once we figured out in the first year that that's a, needed to be a little different concept? We don't have to wait for nine years in order to, to change things out. So, um, and quite frankly, your, one of your questions was about COVID and all this. And I am uh, deeply concerned with the ability to raise capital uh, for concessionaires. Um, and we thought by combining everything into one, one combined contract that it would provide the flexibility um, that markets, uh, that the financial markets would look at 
in order to help finance uh, the overall uh, project as a whole from a concessions point of view. Okay. So then let's go a little, a, a little into the, we don't need to get into, you know, every nitty gritty detail, but does this mean that uh, in individual companies will be making their own proposals to you? And then uh, there will be sort of a, a fitting together of the puzzle pieces from that, or are companies going to be, are, are the bids that you're going to be getting complete programs that you'll then choose from? Is, is that question make sense in the way I it's ask? It's going to be absolutely. And it's really uh, the, the latter, which would be a complete package. We want a complete package for the entire concessions program. Um, and therefore, that's why we're doing things like meeting with all the concessionaires at uh, airport experience in 2019 to let them know you know what we uh, uh what our ideas and concepts were at that time and also some meet and greets and some other things that we've done throughout the community um, we held nine meetings throughout the community to let the local uh, concessionaires actually understand and 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 realize that operating an airport is going to be a little different than operating on a on a street side uh, area and then getting into this virtual meet and greet um, that we're uh, hosting here at the middle of january so we're trying to educate not only the local vendors uh, but also acdbers throughout the country as well as the the, the main call them primes throughout throughout the industry Okay, sounds good. And let's uh, let's hear a little bit more about that virtual meet and greet. This is uh, I, I'm I'm guessing that your first preference probably would have been able to uh, be been being able to see folks in person and have somebody uh, have everybody come in and uh, and sit together in a in a single space. But it sounds like you've got some pretty good plans for how you're going to make this work uh, in spite of the uh, COVID restrictions that are in place right now. Right, we really have a uh, you know we're trying to promote a concessions program that is customer centric, that provides that sense of place, which engages useful technology and integrates a true spirit of Kansas City. And we are trying to use the meet and greets in order to, 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 to um, uh, have that, that conversation with folks that normally may not have had an opportunity to know one another without this type of a, of a meet and greet. And you're right, we would have loved to have that in Kansas City and have, uh, you know, like a, a mini um, convention uh, with booths and have people be able to walk up to the booth, but we're just um, we just didn't want to, um, to to force somebody to come to Kansas City during this pandemic if if they weren't um, wanting to do that on their own. So we came up with this uh, virtual platform, and uh, where you, you become your own little avatar, and uh, there are between fifteen and twenty companies that are called those the primes. That'll be set up in, in their own booth. That'll have their own banner and their own backgrounds. And as you, as your avatar, um, walks through the convention area, uh, you can actually have meetings with and have one-on-one -on -one conversations with the folks that are at that particular booth and have one-on-one -on -one conversations with the people that happen to be walking uh, around the the, uh, the convention center, just like you would normally have a conversation when you go to the, the uh, airport experience conference, for example. It's the same idea and concept. It just is uh, in a uh, in an avatar uh, type uh, type world. 
That is a that is an interesting concept, and you're doing that uh, uh, with a company, I, I guess, a program called Verbella. Uh, am I saying that right? That's so. correct. Um, and uh, Justin, do you want to add to anything on that uh, on on the program? The sure, concept? I'll just. I'll just add, uh, Dave, that we we looked at a couple different options uh, trying to figure out how to replace in person. Um, and that we've certainly, I think, all kind of been on a, a, a roulette tour of, of dozens of different, you know, face-to-face -face technology pieces, all of which uh, do some things well, uh, all of which kind of leave you lacking in a few areas. But we really thought the opportunity to um, to go all in here uh, to create spaces where there can be almost like a, a public forum and multi multiple people listening to one person present, uh, but also to have that same environment where two people that are attending that same information session could essentially, as you would at a conference, hey, step, step, step outside with me for a second, I've got a question for you. Uh, very much seems to be replicated in the, in this technology. So we're we're looking forward to uh, the experience and hopefully replicating as close to real life as we can. That's uh, that's it's going to be really interesting to hear how this goes. Uh, those sessions are January twelfth and thirteenth. Uh, and uh, how can people find out more about where to sign up for that? Uh, We've. We've got all of that information located on the airport's website. So flykci.com slash concessions um, has all the information about the concessions program, uh, the work that we've been done, links to presentations that we've given, as well as information about the upcoming sessions uh, here in, in the middle of, of January. So uh, encouraging everyone interested, local, uh, local vendors, local contractors, national firms to check out that information. Uh, the link to register is embedded on that page, flykci.com slash concessions. Okay, that's Justin Meyer, Deputy Director of Aviation Overseeing Marketing and Air Service Development. Uh, David Long, Deputy Director of Aviation Overseeing Properties and Commercial Development, uh, both joining us here on the AX Insider podcast. Uh, what, uh, once this is all, uh, once these meetings have taken place and, and folks have uh, got the information they need, what kind of a time frame have you got put together for, uh, putting together the, uh, RFP proposals and all of that kind of thing? Yeah, the RFP will be on the street after the virtual meet and greets. Uh, we did that purposely because we wanted the, uh, the virtual meet and greet to be just that, the meet and greet. We wanted the introductions. We wanted the conversation to be about that and not necessarily about the specifics regarding the RFP. However, during the virtual meet and greet, we will have presentations throughout the day uh, regarding uh, the, uh, you know, the all-in type approach that we've, that we've looked at. Um, and to give uh, some basic highlights, maybe a five to 10 minute presentation that we'll do that in the morning, in the afternoon, and then closing remarks um, throughout the virtual uh, meet and greet. But that will be on the street, I believe on Friday. Uh, I think it's January 15th. And um, we're looking at a little different approach. We're gonna do a two um, part approach to the RFP. Uh, the first part is really gonna be your actual, uh, what is it that you're going to do to help uh, you know, um, have that sense of place, that useful technology, what's that true spirit of Kansas City. And then the second, um, and, and that'll be due um, in the June, um, July timeframe. We haven't actually set that up yet. With about four weeks later will be the second part, which is actually be the financials. You know, what, what is it financially that you're going to provide uh, for, for the overall program as a whole? 
And we did that purposefully because I've been involved in RFPs and things like that enough uh, that if you put it all together in one package, everybody looks at the front page and they flip to the last page because the last page is the financials. And what I want people to do is be excited about the program. I want to be excited about that that true spirit of Kansas City and, and that sense of place and that having that customer-centric overall concession program before you look at the overall financials associated with them. And we'll have this all wrapped up. Uh, my goal is to have it all wrapped up in front of city council with a recommendation on or before Thanksgiving of 2021. Okay, sounds good. This is... Uh... Uh, I believe the first major solicitation to come uh, in in the uh, in the COVID and post COVID time. Uh, any uh, any concerns, any challenges uh, associated that, uh, with that that you're expecting? Uh, uh, any any uh, any worries about that? I'm scared to death. I mean, like anybody <laughs> trying to open up a new shop, you know, during during a pandemic. Of course I am. So, uh, but we've looked at it um, in, in a couple of different ways. One is uh, what we wanted to really do is to allow the concessionaire or to allow the RFP process to allow whoever is, is presenting the RFP to do whatever it is that they do best. And we understand one of the things that we understand is that folks may not be comfortable uh, building 100% of the space that's available. Um, for for example, so uh, the RFP will be written in such a way that if, for example, you're only feeling comfortable based upon the employment numbers that we uh, project um, to to build out, say, 80% of the space, and I'm just making numbers up, what do you do with the other 20% of the space? And the last thing I want, and the last thing that this community needs uh, or would appreciate is a coming soon sign, right? You know what I mean? So we're going to allow the concessionaire to not have concession space, but put something else in that space, build something else out. What that else could be, I'll let Justin kind of uh, talk about that, but that'll be part of the overall uh, RFP um, response and evaluation process as well. Justin? Sure, and one thing that I'll also just add on that, Dave, is that there's been a lot of airport projects that really had to pump the brakes uh, as this pandemic hit. and. And we're just so grateful to our airlines who've been so supportive of this project to keep moving forward, understanding the need for this project in Kansas City and that the facility that we're living in currently isn't, isn't our long-term home. And so we're, we're just so grateful that our carriers have, um, have stepped forward and been vocal to continue to support this project to keep it moving forward. Um, we're uh, we're moving in a really positive direction. And as for as for Dave's mention of, uh, you know, what else? It's it, we're open. We're really open. Um, we we just uh, have the goals for the project in a place that we want to make sure that uh, what's delivered is um, feels like Kansas City and is something that customers like. And uh, any concessionaire that can help us get get there and deliver that is a goal. I don't care what the brand is of coffee. I don't care what the, the brand is of barbecue. That'll certainly be a controversial decision when we get to that <laughs> point. Um, but this is a customer-centric uh, facility and a customer-first program. And and I'm really proud of the work Dave's done to put it together. Oh, you care a little bit about the brand of barbecue, don't you? You know, I don't know if I can talk about that. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I, think, I think if you ask 10 people in Kansas City what their favorite barbecue joint is, you're going to get eight different answers. 
So, uh, you know, whatever the barbecue place in Kansas City, uh, you're going to you're going to upset a, a, a few folks in town. So we'll uh, we'll do the best job that we can. OK. OK. Sounds good. Uh, I think you guys have answered the questions I came with. I appreciate uh, you giving me some time. Is there anything are there any closing thoughts that uh, that you'd have anything you want to leave folks with uh, uh, with where the project's at or uh, uh, any uh, any of this uh, uh, concession stuff, uh, Justin. Any thoughts? Well, it's it's not it's not often in one's career that you get to build a build a new terminal or be part of a 1.5 billion dollar project. It's going to be so significant for the customers and the traveling public in Kansas City. And we're doing absolutely the best we can to uh, to document and tell the story of the project. So we've we've branded the project Build KCI, and we're across social channels and the website's buildkci.com for the project. So all of that information. Uh, just today, uh, just recently, we posted a, a time lapse of you know 2020 in review of all the project, uh, everything that was accomplished on the job site. So anyone that's in the aviation business looking to kind of follow along in our project, build KCI across your favorite social channels. Okay, uh, Dave, anything from you? I I want to just thank everybody that's been part of this project, starting out with our airline partners, because if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be where we are today. Um, as many folks may know that a large project like this takes multiple years in order to do this. And we've been, uh, Jess and I have been hot on this since 2008, if not before. And it's, uh, and then the pandemic happens, you know what I mean? So we're just so proud of everyone um, coming together and realizing that an airport is a long-term investment and that this, what's happening today is just a blip in a long, in a long history. And, and it is um, amazing to, during all of this, that as Justin said, we are on time and we are on budget. And um, to, to say that on any project is, is, is nice to say, but to do it in the times in which we live in right now, is just, just a remarkable um, effort and a teamwork that I have, uh, never really been a part of before. And it it's, uh, makes me very proud to be part of it. And folks can can get more information on the uh, RFP and the virtual concessions meet and greets at flykci.com slash concessions. Uh, at least uh, starting out 2021, we are uh, getting some uh, some positive news. Uh, the uh, the new terminal at the airport in Kansas City is moving along and uh, will be uh, completed in early 2023 so that the city can host the NFL draft. Uh, and the concessions program is about to start taking shape uh, over the next few weeks. Uh, Justin Meyer, Deputy Director of Aviation, overseeing marketing and air service development. David Long, Deputy Director of Aviation, overseeing properties and commercial development. Thank you both for taking some time and sharing an update. Thank you, Andy. Happy New Year. Appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you again, Andy. Uh